This is KMKR 99.9 FM, Tucson, Arizona. Is this on? Is anybody listening? Is anybody there? Is there something stuck between my teeth that I think to comb my hair? How come there's crickets in this joint outside where they belong? I can't believe this silence like the dark before the dawn. What I'd give for any sign of life, I'd settle for a yawn. Really makes me wonder, is this on? It is on, Dave. And so great to see you on this uh, Wednesday evening here at uh, K-Maker, the beautiful makerspace downtown Tucson, where we present our weekly Wednesday night at 9 p.m. Is this on comedy program, Dave? An hour of unscripted uh, gibberish. That's right. Every Wednesday. That's right. Uh, (laughs) Not just us, but the Roxy... uh, Takes a takes a week and curtain gen curtain gen yeah so do their beautiful uh, satirical music thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are a. I wonder uh, if our theme song is ever being featured on there or uh, to be made fun of. Uh, well, I would uh, I would hope they'd get to it, Dave. Maybe they're you know looking uh, to put together uh, a number of uh, program opens, do a show okay. a whole show on those. Yeah, okay. We are, by the way, a uh, production of the Tucson Comedy Alliance. Uh, the very uh, strong, uh, sometimes cooperative uh, group of comics here in Tucson <laughs> that uh, can sometimes get together and work on some great things. Uh, the variety of shows that you see around here in Tucson, uh, our radio show being one of the efforts, but a variety of comedy shows are uh, web-sponsored. Yeah, we're, we're, merely the, we're merely the flagship of the show. Absolutely. But then, you know, there's so many others, too. Check out the Tucson Comedy Alliance uh, page, uh, website. It's a beauty. And uh, you'll find us on there as well. That's right. Uh, yeah. And uh, many, many great things that happen in Tucson. We're going to talk about Tucson Comedy tonight. Uh, Dave, you've got uh, some thoughts on uh, the professional scene, and we also want to... Uh, Talk about uh, the latest list of open mics. I, 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 I think I heard Dave that there's a Saturday night coffee house open mic, so we'll talk we'll about that. that as well. Yep. Uh, we're going to look at uh, the uh, James Bond themes, Dave. Mm-hmm. Uh, you've done a little research on that. Mm-hmm. I've been very busy researching the Bond themes. Absolutely. And wow, you know, a little bit of controversy in the world of comedy, Dave, with the. Brand new Dave Chappelle Netflix special. Indeed. Uh, and it's causing a little bit of controversy on some of the more uh, controversial remarks he had on a variety of hot topics uh, on race and on gender and uh, transgender. So we hope to get into a little of that. Uh, we, we looked at some of the uh, uh, more traditional review uh, articles about the special. So we'll We'll present some of those thoughts and then some of our own thoughts. Mm-hmm. Yep. And, uh, Dave, we're all excited. Uh, you shared with us that you were uh, jumping on the improv stage. Dipping my toe into the world of improv, Phil. And tell and, us uh, where, tell us when, tell us at, uh, uh, what's going on. As I look at my shirt here, I see I, Unscrewed Theater over on Speedway. Looking very sharp in that, Thank Dave. Thank you, yeah. It's, it's, a, it's a freebie. Very long. colorful, wow. Yeah. After I paid my tuition, I got a yeah. shirt. <laughs> All right, well, <laughs> and your parents... Uh, I'm hoping uh, to move up to the next level of classes where I think yeah. I get a refrigerator magnet, so it's looking... Are you saying, Dave, that uh, your parents went to Tucson and all you got was that T-shirt? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, well, I took, I've took. i taken a couple of classes there at uh, t- uh, Unscrewed, 
Uh, and uh, it's it's great. It's great. Well, you've done some improv. You've taken. Some I've improv. done uh, some improv, Dave. And uh, may I say uh, to your question, yes. And that's a lovely <laughs> hump you have, yes, Dave. Because I had taken some years ago in the previous century, uh, and uh, it's it's a lot of fun. It's about six people in the class, and uh, that's a great size. Chris Seidman, a great instructor, our and dear then, friend uh, Fre Foido. Right? Yes, uh, early Foido. Or very and, early. And, uh, Dawn, and I am afraid I cannot get her last name right now, but Dawn is kind of assisting, and then she's you know moving things along and right. fits in and all that stuff. I think uh, one of our early shows, Dave, with uh, down at uh, uh, Unscrewed Theater, we went down there with our uh, portable equipment. We recorded a show there. Uh, Cy Barlow, Cy Barlow. Uh, yep. was, was on the show. He introduced us to a number of the teams. Mm -hmm. Is Cy involved in the teaching as well? Cy is not involved in teaching this class, but I attended their... Uh, their they do... I don't know if it's every Friday, but they do three shows. They did uh, a 6 and a 7.30, which were kind of aimed at kids and kind of holiday theme, Halloween themed. And then at 9 o'clock, they had their regular company there to do a show, and I went to see that, and uh, very, very good. And very impressive performances. They're very talented uh, people. I guess there were about five of them on stage, and uh, uh, Cy was uh, the host and kind of moderated things a little bit, uh, took suggestions and passed them on. And... Um, uh, although I still have the same old stand-up prejudice, I'm afraid, because I watch them on stage and I go, these people are really funny. Why don't they do stand-up? <laughs> well, of course, some do both. Some do. Like there's, you. There's not a lot of crossover. And, Alana and, and, uh, uh, right. is part of that group right. and does both, of course. Right. Um, but uh, it's different uh, skill sets. You know, it really is. It's different. I mean, there's I, I, the guy's first name is David. I don't know what his last name was. I don't know if they said last names, but... Uh, so quick and jumping into you know it's very physical. It's doing different voices and things like that, and uh, and he and he was great. But I did I looked at him and I go well, not could I'm sure he could do stand up if he wanted to. But what are his what are his strong skills and his you know a lot of it is his quickness and able to they I mean not to single him out. They were all very good and quick and and took suggestions and ran ran with them. There were no. Uh, it's improv sometimes there can be uh, lulls sure. where somebody blanks or doesn't know what to do. We really have that. Things kept moving along pretty well. Some things hit and some Well, and that's, that's the normal, beauty you know. of the teamwork mm -hmm. of improv. You know, uh, like any other team sport, you're not going to let your teammates right. fall. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, it's a great feeling. And uh, how about yourself, Dave, as you dip your toe in the water, uh, compare, contrast to stand-up? Well, um, the major difference is that, you know, I've, uh, I go to the class Saturday mornings, and on Friday I'm thinking, like, oh, I have a class tomorrow. But unlike when you're going to do a set and you're running your jokes and working on them and throwing some out and putting new ones in and all that, the only way you prepare for improv is not to prepare. Just don't, don't you know, it's terrible to bring something. If you go, oh, this will be funny, I'll work this in. It's never going to work because it's not organic if you do that. So you really have to just go in and just be, you know, well rested, yeah. <laughs> awake, yeah, and and uh, get a good breakfast and, and a good yeah and a good. Um, Isn't it in the morning? In the morning, yeah. I had breakfast yeah. at a little place called what? Toast on Speedway. It's very Toast good. Toast on Speedway. Breakfast, yeah. Okay, what, a couple of eggs, Dave. I had uh, yeah, I had the scrambled eggs. Right. Good. And uh, you know, but that's that's it's it's uh, in a way 
it, the sport analogy is good because you got to be focused and relaxed. That's what you got to do. Whereas yeah, stand up, you 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 know, most people anyway, pound their set into their head, go over it and over it and over it, know where the laps are, know what they're going to do, and then probably can't do that. Yeah, no, you're right about that. Uh, I I recall myself having gone through the training at Improv Olympic in Chicago. Mm. That. Uh, it was very difficult for me to make that separation, uh, having done stand-up like you and then gone into improv a little bit. Mm -hmm. I went, I recall doing it with the under, idea of trying to loosen up a little bit to put a, a couple of more tools in the tool belt even on the stand-up stage. And oh, I think, absolutely. Yeah. I think you can do that. I think I've tried to do that occasionally. I've had pretty good success with it. I think I should do it more, to be honest with you. Yeah. Well, certainly, if, if I mean, for many reasons, and for any people aren't even comedy or performing at all, it's a great thing to take the improv. If I tell people in sales, in real estate, take the class because, you know, it, it makes you think on your feet, it makes you Absolutely. listen. Absolutely. You have to listen. And, um, and I'd say another principle, Dave, that I took back to stand up a bit, and I think is a very, very good lesson, and that is... Be comfortable with silence. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And improv is a great way to 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 get practice at doing that. Uh, I also remember feeling much more confident and comfortable on stage in general after having mm -hmm. done yeah, uh, yeah. improv. Well, for for among many other things, uh, when you do improv, uh, crowd work is. A lot easier because you, you you just get into the knack of hearing something and going with it. And if somebody yells something yeah. out, you don't like, uh, what do I say or should I shut them down? You kind of let go with whatever they said and, you know, more likely and it, to be I think funny. it teaches you a little humbleness on stage as well. Uh, if something doesn't work, I found myself maybe a little bit more comfortable, you know, with just going right. with the moment. Yeah. Uh, I was going to make a point, Dave, uh about the comparison uh, and I lost it there so uh, we'll keep talking about improv and maybe it'll come back to me uh, but I was talking uh, <laughs> is this going to be like last time when you remember that you no, were trying to think of some I know actor what it was. <laughs> thank you ah, I don't have what I forgot last week but I have what I was just <laughs> thinking of and that is like the baseball analogy like you and I like to do, but it's certainly there in, in, in any sport, and basketball, and assist, and football, a yeah, block. Yeah. You start to take great pride, and maybe even greater pride, than coming up with the killer line or the killer closer in setting up yeah. an improv yeah. teammate. Yeah. You know, that sacrifice bunt. Yeah. You really, wow, I really did a good thing. I really pushed or the, the ball uh, forward. Yeah, or the... Uh, or, uh, um Volleyball, when you yeah. s literally set someone up, or set up, or tennis, or badminton, or something where you keep the rallying, the volley going, yeah, know, because that's what you need to do. Uh, now it seems also, Dave. Uh, let's integrate this discussion a little bit because we've got a couple of events coming up ourselves, you and I. But unscrewed, like Tucson Improv Movement, the Tim, the two big improv theaters in town seem to have really made an investment in stand-up at their right. theaters. Yep. Mm -hmm. uh, as you know, I performed at, the, I think, the very first uh, Unscrewed uh, Variety Hour, which they do uh, once a month, I believe, on Friday nights. Mm -hmm. 
that was a great experience with Cy and Alana hosting. Mm -hmm. There were there was an improv act in the show, uh, uh, you know, some music. It was a nice uh, variety mix. So I think those walls are coming down a little bit. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, not only since the Trump administration is gone, Dave, but uh, <laughs> also between improv and stand-up. Is it a detente between uh, stand-up and improv now? Are we, are we learning to uh, reason together? I don't know that I necessarily thought there was a war. In fact, I must <laughs> say it seemed quite a bit more separate back in the days when I was doing it in Chicago right, right, yeah, yeah. Uh, than it has ever been here in Tucson. And you see a lot of crossover. And, you know, by that we should also not forget sketch comedy, which is very mm. strong here in right, Tucson. Right, yeah, yeah. Rich Gary, of course, who runs the uh, stand-up show that they're currently doing at the Tim, which... You and I are going to be on this Friday okay, night, October fifteenth. How about that? All the Foydos come out and take a yeah, take a look at us. Dave, I don't want to alarm you, but we're going to have to do this separately on Friday night. <laughs> <laughs> Can you get on my knee? Can we do a little ventral? You know, one other thing I wanted to mention uh, in talking about the differences that I noticed, and I mentioned this to Chris Seidman on the first class, is that I, we weren't doing a scene, but we were kind of. Uh, practicing some things like that, and I, 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 you know, I made a joke in the course of it, and I and, and I yeah, immediately kind of shook my head, and I said to him, I go, you know, as a comedian, I'm trying to find the punchline, and mm -hmm. I go, I feel like uh, that that will stop, might stop a scene if I'm doing that rather than just like yeah. I'm just saying like knocking it along, pushing it forward, and it can, you know, but I mean, you want to be funny and you want to have jokes in there, but you don't want to make a joke that just stops things you know it's all about keeping things going it, it and it and it, it certainly can enhance as well it isn't that you're not going to occasionally have a punchline in a within a an improv scene I'm hoping yeah but it's got to be more organic you can't yeah. come in with it in your head yeah. i could kick myself for all of the times i did it uh the the the, the great instructor uh, that i was fortunate enough to have at, at improv olympic who many people know on nbc john lutz mm -hmm. Uh, comic uh, writer on Saturday Night Live, and, uh, um, uh, and you—if you're not a particular character, at least you have an attitude. Yeah. So something that you wrote for a stand-up set—it's probably not going to fit in there. You know, it's yeah. got to be—it's got to fit with what's going on. You said something earlier, Dave, uh, about uh, stand-up having the—I think you were saying it as an advantage. The, the lines and your ability to memorize the lines and, you know, go over those lines before you go on. Improv has, a has I guess, a cousin to that, right, with the exercises that you do beforehand? Mm -hmm. or what, are, what are those like? Well, the, the first things we did, and you kind of referred to it, is the whole idea of always saying yes, yes, yes. and. agree If not agree, accept what's being said and add to it, move it on and move it forward. And uh, that was an exercise we did, and it's difficult to do. Uh, and then we did one where, because you, know, <clears throat> you know, the other, <clears throat> excuse me, the other side is that is you don't say no. Yeah. It will stop things. And so we did a we did a exercise where one person is talking and the other person is just saying no throughout the whole thing. To, exactly. You, just, you know, you really start to feel like, oh yeah, yeah. it kills it. It just kills it. Mm -hmm. Dave, I think if, if I may make a prediction uh, regarding our our dear friend uh, of the show, uh, Rudy Giuliani. <laughs> I am predicting, Dave, this will be the final defense of Trump on January 6th that 
uh, they were just trying to get Pence to say yes and with the (laughs) (laughs) voiding of the election. It was an improv technique. Trump, of course, you know, we've seen about SNL. Right. uh, A great improviser with the truth, uh, especially. Rudy is known for things coming right off the top of his head. Yeah, dripping sometimes. Right, exactly. Uh, Uh, So, uh, yeah, okay. So anyway, there's a prediction. Yeah. Uh, you, <laughs> but that's I'll, free. I'll also say this, though. I you, imagine you could probably on Bet Rivers bet that, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I would say that. I mean, I've taken two classes and there are six six to go, uh, and I'm and it's fun. It's fun, but I do and I and when I took it and I told you this when I started, it was like I got to get out of my comfort zone. I'm kind of like I've done a few mics and I'm not really feeling much of a rush, and I want to try something that gets the blood going, you know. But after I've done a couple classes and I like it and I and I intend to get better at it and to work at it I, I also feel like I gotta get back to stand up <laughs> I, I gotta know my lines and get out there and, and try them. well that there, there's another uh, interesting uh, uh, point you raised Dave I, I, I'm one who kind of dabbles in a few things I've done some you know live theater community theater uh, I, as you know I love to do stand up I love to do improv I love to do storytelling and I find I I don't like doing them simultaneously, though. Oh, because it's such a different mindset. I'll, I'll yeah. put one down for a while and, and do it. But I don't know that that, that, that would work for everyone. Uh, you'll have to see once you go back on stand-up, which you'll do Friday. If I stand up behind the mic blankly waiting for a suggestion, uh, you yeah, know, come come and get me. You'll usually, uh, we I think we call those hecklers, Dave. <laughs> yeah, they, they have suggestions for me. You yeah. call that a suggestion? That's a very positive spin on that. What do you call the tomato? <laughs> That's uh, we'll do a little prop comedy there. Yeah, a little prop <laughs> prop comedy. There's one we haven't. Uh, yeah, we need a school for prop. Is there a prop comic in Tucson? I don't. I don't. I don't think that there is. No, there really no, isn't. There's really, you know, we need we do we need more variety. Right. You know, we don't have a ventriloquist. Right. Uh, some people do impressions, but not a lot of impressions. I yeah. Mean, no. There's no impressionist. There are people who will, in their act, do a voice, but there's nobody that's a true impressionist. Nobody that does uh, just voices. No, I haven't. Uh, I think there are a couple of magicians maybe around town. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh, yeah. So you've got that. Uh, I saw, speaking of, of, of impressions, and I just kept on this by chance, it was young Jim Carrey performing, wow. doing impressions, yeah. but he never spoke. <laughs> he made his face turn into oh Clint my. Eastwood's face. Oh, does that uh, sound fun? He, he did, uh, who else did he do? Uh, uh, gosh, it was somebody who had just, uh, uh, I can't remember. Uh, Jerry was, Lewis, maybe? It, it was longer ago uh, than that, and it was somebody who had just passed away. Because when he said the name, people kind of went, oh, and he went, he went, oh, he'd want me to do it. And he just stands there, and, and he's playing it up, of course, for effect, but his face really just transforms into other people's faces. He is literally he rubber face. really is. Yeah. He really is gifted. Uh, nothing, uh, I, I, I don't think, uh, in the offing oh, too soon. Oh, Michael Landon. He did Michael Landon. He did Landon's Michael Landon face. from Bonanza those days? Mm-hmm. Little House, all that. Yep. And, yeah. and he did it. Wow. Wow. Uh, Well, he is uh, a a genius. Boy, there's somebody who blended so easily into acting, and uh, I can only imagine Jim Carrey a master improviser. 
Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Uh, great yeah. stand-up. Well, you've seen him in interviews. And, yeah, and, and he's, that's right. He's, yeah, goes, goes crazy. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. You, uh, you had me thinking when you said the impressions, Dave. Uh, likewise, just scrolling through some old YouTube clips the other day, and I couldn't help it because probably I've been Googling Norm McDonald, so, you know, uh, far for me to accuse Netflix of, <laughs> of, of having some sort of uh, algorithms to figure out what I'm thinking. And uh, all of a sudden, I had some choices, and one was an old SNL Jeopardy bit ah. with Sean Connery, uh, Burt Reynolds, Burt Reynolds uh, Norm Macdonald's as <laughs> Burt Reynolds, mm -hmm. and Martin Short as Jerry Lewis. <laughs> and this was just classic. It was so funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So great. Now, by the way, uh, I mean, when I say nobody is, does impressions in this town, well, Phil, of course. Well, I mean, who have we had here? You know, Giuliani, Pacino, Sean Connery, Dr. You're, Fauci, you're, you're, Rudy, you're, 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 you know, Rudy so Giuliani. So. You, you may be the leading uh, impressionist. You're too kind, Dave. Uh, yeah. Several of the, the ex-presidents, of course. Right, right. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Bill Clinton, uh, down back to Nixon, Jimmy Carter. Yeah, I've emptied the. Uh, that's it, Dave. I have nothing. <laughs> absolutely nothing left. I will. I think, as an impressionist of uh, presidents, you can declare executive privilege. Yes, it's acceptable. Now. Whether you're still president yeah, or well, not, but apparently. even if the president, you know, you're doing, you know, FDR, <laughs> so you get the privilege. Well, well, it was enjoyable. It's funny. I don't know where I put impressions in that pantheon of different things. I, to me, it's part of stand-up. Yeah, yeah, it's a source, you know, it's a, it's a form of stand-up, yeah. Yeah, unless you're doing, like, you know, like a one-man show. Who used to do the great Mark Twain show? Hal Holbrook. Hal Holbrook. Yeah. That's beyond an impression. Yeah, right? yeah, that's, yeah. Uh, and nobody knows what Mark Twain, you know, really sounded like. Well, that's, uh, well, <laughs> but there's... Uh, well, he lived uh, in 1910, I mean, some Yeah, photographs yeah. And, and accounts, yeah. you know, I think... Uh, you're, are you saying, are, do you have a scoop here, Dave? No mustache or something on Mark Twain? No, I'm just saying, like, He's a fraud? Well, like, like Abraham Lincoln, for example. Yeah. Whenever he is depicted, it's always, you know, four score and seven years. And But they say that Lincoln had kind of like a, kind of a reedy, kind of a thin voice. Oh. And, and of course, probably pretty southern inflected, yeah. given yeah. the time that he lived. I um, think you, 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 those accounts. You, you go to the Hall of the Presidents at Disneyland. And Where are you on the whole Lincoln gay account, then? Um... You know what people want to do is you know, yeah. don't ask those questions. Very good. Very good. Behind <laughs> what happens, doors what the happens White in the White House stays in the White House. Apparently, yeah. Uh, uh, maybe not. <laughs> a lot, not with the Clintons. It did not. Dave. Did not. Uh, well, there we go. So uh, wow, yeah. we have uh, had a quite an interesting discussion, Dave, and I think it's time to move on to another topic. Moving but on. we're great to hear uh, that you're enjoying the improv. We'll take your improv really journey am. with and, you. And again, the, uh, Chris Seidman. Uh, great, great guy. And Dawn, I, I wish I could catch her last name, but she frequently posts on Facebook. Uh, she does 10 minutes with Dawn, and she'll have somebody local or somebody from out of town, and they will do like a 10-minute, you know, take us, you know, an improv for 10 minutes. Wow. On there, so you get to see her. Uh, how exciting. She's very helpful. Uh, how class. exciting. Very, very bright, yeah. Well, well very good, Dave. Uh, completely changing the subject, but an exciting one for you and I. Uh We've been waiting quite some time for a new James Bond mm -hmm. film, Dave. That's right. Mm -hmm. And now, and by the way, this is no time to die, <laughs> but the film <laughs> is also coming out, Dave. No time to die. And I just say that to you motivationally, Dave. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I am very excited about it. I have not yet seen it. I wonder if they titled it 
before the pandemic or whether it was influenced by the pandemic? Because uh, it seems kind of too much on the nose there. <laughs> yes, yes, it was very prophetic, as many as many Bond films uh, have been, Dave. But we got to talking, and then you mentioned that you've uh, been looking into Bond themed well, songs. Well, before we get there, I want to talk to you a little about this because you're you're much more of a Bond aficionado than I am. Am I? I'm, oh, yeah. I mean, how many Bond films have there been? Like thirty or something like that. Yeah, I, I've yeah, maybe yeah, seen ten, and nothing for a long time. You know, I'm I'm, I'm not that familiar with you know some of them. But what is your um, what is your feeling? There's been a lot of talk about the evolving the evolution of Bond, the character, yes, and what how he or she uh, may be presented in the future. What are you what's your feeling about yeah. how Bond has evolved and how he how the character may evolve? Well, it's a fascinating subject for sure. Uh, you know, I found I don't know if you found this uh, with your son, Dave, but you know, as uh, in my case, two boys, as you know, I had. Uh, my kids growing up and in their young teen years would have been the time, I think, when we'd probably sit down and watch a movie together, you know. Uh, and I always found the Bond films just a very nice sort of generational handoff. I think uh, my kids kind of found them a little kitschy because of some of the datedness of the, yeah. you know, the... The Goldfinger, for example, right? Uh, and what an icon it was of the 60s. Mm -hmm. uh, but then they sort of took over the franchise, and my kid's very involved in films and film franchises. I mean, uh, the Marvel craze they are, you know, uh -huh. riding the wave. And sometimes, they, uh, Dave, and you know this is a parent too, uh, very frightening for a... Uh, parent when they do that in costume <laughs> at a convention you know so anyway well we'll save that for another time but uh as we hand over those franchises i think my kids for example saw the bond films as rather iconic mm -hmm. uh strongly influenced by me uh lean towards the Sean Connery well, of course. Bond films. <laughs> yeah. uh, and uh, remain, I think, interested. I would say, and, and for those that are not big fans, one of the reasons this latest film, No Time to Die, is getting a lot of attention is because Daniel Craig, the current James Bond, has announced that this will be his final uh, film in the franchise, and I think David's his sixth. Really, that many? Wow! Mm -hmm. I believe his sixth, mm -hmm. and and since like 2006, so he has been in that role a long time. I hate to do math on the air, Dave, <laughs> but a while. That's like 15 years. Yeah. So that I I, I was a little surprised when I realized that because Connery. Probably not much more than that, if that. No, except too. there was a delay came back. to the yeah. final one, right, so right, yeah. over total right. span. Yeah. But no, Connery popped those so films Craig, out Daniel in Craig the Craig late sixties. Daniel consecutive bonds. Yes. And Connery cumulative bonds. Wow, very good. <laughs> I Dave. told you I've been researching. You have uh, this improv. I tell you, has really sharpened you Going up. Going with it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so let me start with Daniel Craig, if I, if I understand your question. I think he has breathed tremendous life back into the Bond series. 
I think he took it much more to a rather harsh, certainly more violent uh, approach to the to the spy uh, mm-hmm. role. Yep. Mm-hmm. More action mm-hmm. in terms of raw, pure action. Bond with Connery had its action, but it was not on a broad, big scale like this was, uh, generally. I, w- I would say, uh, would it be fair to say, like like the violence in the early Bonds with Sean Connery was much more stylized. Yeah. And and with Daniel Craig, it's more in-fitting with how violence is presented in movies today. More, right, more, big more, explosions, you know, you know long yeah. chase scenes. And, you, you know, I think the Bond films have evolved in that way, like film over time, with great special effects. I had... The, the reviews I am reading of the current Bond uh, are giving great praise to the uh, special effects mm-hmm. and yeah. the... Yeah, uh, a lot of it is technology. Uh, the chase is. scenes yeah. and that sort of thing, which is great. Uh, he's a certainly a very physical Bond, uh, uh-huh. Daniel yeah. Craig. Yeah. Uh, and probably, maybe not as emotional, maybe not as much focus on the witty banter. Uh, what are your thoughts on Daniel Craig? Well, I would say that, yeah, I think you have a good point because I think that, you know, you had Connery and then who'd you have? Uh, Dolch. Uh, Timothy, Timothy Dalton, Dalton was in there. And Pierce Brosnan. Uh, that I think they. Roger all, Moore, of course. Roger Moore. All those that followed Connery, they were basically, they were trying to do that bond, you know. And I think when Daniel Craig came on, it was not really looking back, but it was just, this is, this is James Bond now from this point on is going to be like this and not trying to, you know, I said, I mean, I used to watch, like you, I watched Bond movies with my son when he was little and he loved them, you know, we, we loved that stuff. I think that now he uh, or people of his generation or younger would watch early Bonds and go, he's kind of creepy, you know, or well, you know, he's kind of a slime. You I know, think because, it would be... Katie Popiel of Red Herring Puppets. You're listening to Is This On on KMKR. Great. Uh, Treatment of women is so different from what is acceptable now. I think it would be more evocative, Dave, of what evolved into like Austin Powers versus, (laughs) you know, the way it's turned toward the... Austin Powers probably is a great influence on you how know, younger people view James Bond because yeah. he sent up that stuff. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. Of course. Uh, I was going to say, in that way, the newer Bonds, and especially the Daniel Craig Bond, reminded me quite a bit of uh, the Tom Cruise series. Mission Impossible. Yeah, Thank yeah. you. Mm-hmm. The Mission Sorry, Impossible I was distracted series. because... You mentioned Norm Macdonald. Have you seen the recent photos of Tom Cruise? No, I have not. Well, it's still a mystery. Has he gotten shorter, Dave? Well, no, but it's a, it, the mystery is he's 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 gotten very puffy cheeked. Oh, and he does look like Norm, 
And uh, it's, it, it hasn't really been established whether he had bad plastic surgery or whether it's a steroid treatment that puffs up the face. I don't oh. know, but I, I did a double take because I, yeah. I thought, oh, that's a picture of Norm, but he looks different. I go, oh, it's Tom Cruise now. So Yeah, that sounds a little a little disparaging. I mean, there's not, <laughs> looking like Norm MacDonald is not the worst thing <laughs> well, in the world. I think if but Tom people, Cruise, of course. If most people had a choice, uh, they would you know, look uh, like Tom Cruise. A Hollywood yeah. heartthrob yeah. Uh, yeah. since yeah. his teens, yeah. since we saw him but dancing in his underwear. Maybe Norm's up there, and it's his, one more joke on all of us as he turned Tom Cruise into him. <laughs> now there's a there's that would be a, there's good. a sketch Norm Macdonald as uh, Mission Impossible in Mission yeah. Impossible Ethan Hunt I guess his name is yeah. well the 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 bonds have remained relevant in a very well, competitive film the market times. and uh, but what are your thoughts I mean there's talk about uh, a, a black bond there's talk yep. about a woman female bond, bond. yeah to me it's like it's like this is like that's I have no problem with it but. That's not James Bond, you know. If they want to keep the name to keep the franchise going, that's fine. But James Bond was this. To me, it's John Connery. But you know, it's yeah. It's uh, but it's interesting. Uh, of course, they've left the Ian Fleming novels you know, in the you know uh, car exhaust <laughs> of the ago. Austin Martin yeah. long ago. Yeah. But Aston Martin, excuse me. But I believe, by the way, the Aston Martin makes a reappearance in this No Time oh, to good. Die. All right. Yeah. And I, I, I heard some film reviews ab about the film, and I believe it is the actual Aston Martin that was used in the final Timothy Dalton film. Oh, okay. So yeah, it's been yeah. on ice or whatever, uh -huh. and it's still running. Uh -huh. Is the uh, turn indicator still going? Uh <laughs> <laughs> is that a bumper That's sticker? On, uh, My grandson is an artist. It was on Sean Connery's <laughs> current car, Dave. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That he that he left in the so, golf course parking well, lot. Uh, let's talk about the theme because now there's so much stuff about Bond. Whenever a movie comes out, people rank the movies, rank the Bonds. Obviously, they rank yeah. the Bond girl, which probably is a term of the past now. The women in, in the Bond yeah. movies and uh, the villains. And uh, I've seen some rankings of the theme songs. Uh, yes. Many of them are very famous. You have. Yes, and, and you know, people talk about, like, you know, what makes a good uh, Bond theme, you know. And I think that uh, when you, like, like for me, what do you, I mean, I'll throw it to you, but, but like, for me, Goldfinger is the best Bond theme. Absolutely. Uh, it's brassy. Dave, you know what I'm feeling like? <laughs> I'm feeling like the titles of the Bond songs should be introduced by none other than Art Fern. <laughs> <laughs> okay. well, Is that possible? Uh, uh, yeah, we can, we can, well, you, no. Uh, no. <laughs> Maybe the titles. Yeah, because I'm going to quiz you, and I will, yeah, we'll get into the titles then. Because the thing Art is, Fern, by the way, a relic from the gold figure era. Uh, that's right, yeah, that's very, very fitting. I don't know that he appeared at any, but he probably no. presented them. He the, saw. Yeah. yeah. But um, is that the songs like like uh, uh, Goldfinger? It's like it's brassy, Gold it's loud, finger. It's, it's sexy, but it's also kind of ominous. Shirley Bassey describing the villain. You know how bad he is. You right. Know, you, know, he, he, you know he's warning to women. He will. You know. So you know the character from the song. You know what the guy is like. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and that's great. But I think that often the theme songs. I scratch my head like, what is the song about? How does it relate to the movie? Who's singing it? Who are they singing it to, you know? Well, if you recall, Dave, when Sir Sean <laughs> yeah. had visited us on, on numerous occasions, we would get into discussions about the 
Bond films, and, and of course, up would come Bond films that he was not in. And he I think he, he, didn't recall, he didn't care for those. He did not. No. And he was rather critical, if you recall, Dave, of the new titles. Right, yes. That had yeah. gone beyond yeah. the yeah. Well, yeah. Ian Fleming novels. Yeah. Well, I mean, the titles, I mean, uh, to me, I mean, I'm not followed like you do, but I mean, you know, a lot of us like, what is that about? What what is the title? Well, mean? no time to die. But the, but the but the uh, theme songs would always incorporate the title, but of course. often in a clumsy way, and it was hard to tell. Like I mean, what do you got for us? I mean, what, well, like I mean, like like you know, like the world is not enough. The world is not enough. I've seen that movie. I don't really remember it that well. But yeah. who? What is? I assume there is a person who wants to take over the world, right? <laughs> oh, no. Come on, Catch. open up that door. <laughs> The world is not enough. The world is plenty enough, Dave. What is that? What is that, the title of a new Disney film? <laughs> That's a small world is not enough, as you're thinking of. Uh, oh, yes, yes. I can't get... You talk about the <coughs> song that gets in your head, Dave. That I, was, I, I sh was shopping this morning, Dave. I think it... Uh, what is your store here? Uh, fries? Bashes? Oh, fries. Fries. I just want to hear you say bashes. Bashes. Yes, Basha. Basha! I've hunted you down to the corner of the world, Basha. Give me the lecture. Now, there's a great villain name. Basha. Basha. Maybe they use that one. That's right. Basha Skullin. And uh, except now, these days, Dave, they title it No Time for Basha or something, you know. Basha never dies. But I was, I was like, the world is not enough. Was somebody in that movie going to take over the world? And they're like, you got to throw in the moon too. You know, oh, was, that, was that a plot point? Is what I'm saying. What, what is the song about? How does such it drivel, Dave? <laughs> you put, you get a good song, you get a brass section, you put Shirley Bashy on a pedestal in an uplifted bra, and you've got a theme song. <laughs> well, you know, uh, Cold you know, Sir, Sir Connery and, yes. and Phil. Uh, Hello, that, Dave. Uh, the the uh, the theme songs, you know, and. and Again, like we're saying, changes with the times. It's like the singers of those songs would be a current popular favorite. Absolutely. You know, like Tom Jones did one. Uh, Fred, uh, Nancy Sinatra did yes. one. Madonna did one. You know. What are we off the air, Dave? <laughs> Ask me. Uh, when you tell stories about Pussy Galore, we'll probably go. Well, off the air. I was going to say, Dave. <laughs> Ask when we go off the air. Ask me about Tom Jones and Pussy Galore. Okay. Okay. Anyway, I'll tell it on the I, air. I ITO, uh, un, uncensored, we'll put that one on there. So anyway, uh, both of you can join in on this, but what I say is I'm going to, to prove my point about the nonsense lyrics in the theme songs. I'm going to quote you excerpts from some of the songs, and you tell me if you know what the song is. Yes. Because a, a good song, you would that's go good. like, oh, of course, that's from that movie, that's from that movie. But I'm saying the lyrics are so obscure, that it could mean anything. I got you. <clears throat> so here we go. So here, okay, what's this one here? Uh, this is just an excerpt from it. He always runs while others walk. He acts while others, uh, while other men just talk. They call him the winner who takes all. Wow. That's, uh, first off, Dave, that's just complete gibberish. <laughs> See, I, should, I, I heard more sense, Dave, <laughs> coming out of a schnockered Michael Caine. <laughs> In a in a in a in a pub in Belfast, Dave. <laughs> of all places. After we finished, uh, we had played golf, Dave. <laughs> Did you have some? Uh, what's that? The uh, hopscotchy or what's that? The uh, dish? Uh, 
Oh, you have hopscotch. Hop, hop, popple. Hops, poppers. That's it. Whatever. Anyway. That's good. Yes, anyway. That song, by the way, Complete Dribble, I'm going to just take a guess. Casino Royale. That is Thunderball. Oh, I was That's in that. That's a good film. <laughs> no, no. Good film. That's what I'm saying. It's like you hear the lyrics, but what did that have to do with the movie? Any? No. Uh, and he, who's what singing was he it? doing? He was running. He was. What? He, he was running while others walk and acting while other men just talk. It took place in a darn submarine. <laughs> the heck? Who wrote the darn song? That's not that, Tom that Jones. I don't know. I don't have all that. That's not Tom Jones. I don't, I don't know that. No, who, uh, Tom Jones Tom sang Jones. that one. Yes. Tom Jones sang that. Oh, yeah, Tom yeah. Jones. Okay. So Ask me, Dave, one time <laughs> when <laughs> we're off the, the air, air. <laughs> about me, Tom Jones, Peter O'Jule, Julie Andrews. Oh. And Dana Andrews. <laughs> you asked me about that and in a Andy, pub. And Andy the Wonder Llama. In a pub. Oh, that's Mark Lark In Glasgow. Ooh, Andy Dave. the Wonder Llama. We were with Julie Andrews, Dana Andrews. Okay. <laughs> now, uh, now, here's another one I throw at you. Like, like, yes. like Live and Let Die. Uh, a little bit Maca better music. McCartney. Yeah, McCartney. McCartney. Uh, Wings. You always said Live and Let Live. You know you did. You did. But now in this ever-changing world in which we're living... Why not give it a try to say "live and let die"? Okay, that's the lyrics, right? Are you? Yeah. yeah. Now, now I, if this is being addressed to Bond, to James Bond, when was his philosophy ever "live and let live"? Was that ever a part of? Does he need to be convinced? He's, he's got the. <laughs> does the Bond need to be convinced to kill Dave. people? Yeah. No, he's got the. You got the license. So. Yeah. That one, uh, I, I, I question. I that. was going to say, by the way, you triggered uh, a thought. If I could interrupt the music I, for a I, second. When I'm from a trigger warning, I want to hear about it. When you were talking about the current uh, bonds and how there could be a black bond, there could be a female bond, there could be a Jewish bond. Uh, <laughs> if you recall, there was a satirical novel years ago, Locksfinger, uh, in the Jewish community. It sold, you know, it sold in my neighborhood. But was that 006 marked down from 007? <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Double oh five ninety nine. Double five ninety nine. <laughs> Dave, uh, my point being, I think they have done a good job in the later bonds of incorporating the fact that the double O is the license and that this is currently seven. And that they're not all going to be James Bond but they're all going to be filling that role of the special agent with the double O license. Okay. So double, double O is the license and seven specifies yeah, The double O is the license killing. to kill. <clears throat> seven is the guy who replaced six when he didn't do such a good job. <laughs> oh, so the double, the double O is license yes. to kill, and yes. he's the seventh one. Yes. The seven doesn't refer to the specific type of license. Like double O nine isn't the license to fish, right? <laughs> <laughs> I don't believe so, Dave. Okay. But uh, the you better have that license. That license. Yeah. Or, you know, uh, uh, tattoo license, for right, example. Right, yeah. you, we're going to have to look yes. into this. Yeah, uh, you're referring, Dave, probably to when they faked Commander Bond's death in You Only Live oh, Twice. okay, yeah. So sometimes it looks like you've died, Dave, but you actually haven't died. But you can only live twice. Bash, <laughs> my friend. Okay, I'm going to throw this lyric at Have you. Have you seen the lecture? I'm Dave. going to throw this lyric at you, and you listen to it, and you go, "Oh, yeah, that refers to that movie." Obviously, it's okay. Yep. 
this is it, here it is, this is it. I've seen places, faces, and smile for a moment, but oh, you haunted me so. Still, my tongue-tied young pride would not let my love for you show, in case you'd say no. That is a James Bond theme song. Well, that sounds like... Uh, has to be one of the uh, nonsensical, satirical <laughs> Bond films that Roger Moore made, Jeff. It has a little lightened loafish feel to it. <laughs> well, <coughs> I'll remember you said that. <clears throat> so let me guess one of the... I'll remember you said that... This I think was, Live and Let Die, <coughs> Moore this is, that was This is To Russia With Love. To Russia With yeah, Love. Yeah, yeah. My and again, gosh. it sounds like the singer, who seems to represent Bond, yes. is kind of uh, jilted and grieving over a love that failed. Yes. That's not James Bond. He doesn't do that. Who was that tall <clears throat> Russian I kicked his arse in that film? <laughs> who was that? He was a Robert... Uh, he played was in Jaws later. Shaw. Shaw. Robert Shaw. I, mean, yeah. I kicked the heck out of him. <laughs> he really did. On the train, Dave. <laughs> I like to take the train. Not anymore. After that, did you kick? Did you kick his arse? Uh, I kicked his arse. <laughs> kicked his arse pretty darn good. You know that's right, Robert Shaw from Jaws. Because after you kicked his ass, he said, uh, "We're going to need a bigger booty." <laughs> after that, yeah. Uh, okay, how about this one? Yes. <clears throat> I've drowned and dreamt this moment so overdue. I owe them. Swept away. I'm stolen. Now, if that's not gibberish, I don't know what is, but that's the theme song. Yes, but it had an underwater reference, <clears throat> Dave. But you already did Thunderball. Which is the one on the moon? Moonraker. Moonraker. Mm -hmm. Moonraker, another... <clears throat> this is not Moonraker, though. No. Another Roger Moore mistake, Dave. <laughs> they don't make an eraser, Dave, large enough to deal with the, with the, the, film, the films of Roger Moore, Dave. The Shaint, you remember that show, Dave? The, the Shaint? Yes, I do. Oh, it was my gosh. called The Saint over here in the States, though. Yes, gosh, well, that's. Don't want to talk <laughs> that's Skyfall. Skyfall. I drowned and dreamt this moment so overdue. I so that's a, cur that's a, that Adele, a recent right? one. But didn't Adele sing that one? Yeah. Uh, Daniel Craig, Dave, by the way, let me say before this uh, <clears> whole thing ends, uh, I rather fancy his bond currently. You like Craig? I like Craig. Yeah. Okay. Craig is. Uh, not as good-looking as I was, so I'll always oh, have that over him. That's not fair to compare. Didn't him. get the kind of women I got, Dave. Uh, you know, probably gets tortured more than I did. <laughs> He's good. He's good at getting tortured. He's good. Okay. Give him that. Well, we're living in the age of victimhood. Give so Craig good. that. Give him something. All right. Now, we'll okay. see what he does. Try, try this. We'll one. see. We'll <laughs> see what his career leads to after that. How easy that is, Dave. <laughs> You could try I think that. they're going to uh, remake a League of Extraordinary Gentlemen with uh, Daniel. Yeah, Craig. you run. You'd be fortunate enough to get some parts, Dave. Zardoz. Okay. Now, now, some of this song obviously is directed. Let's see what his Zardoz is, Dave. <laughs> yeah, he could get away with wearing what you wore in Zardoz, right? Pretty sexy. Uh, okay, uh, this was a, a Bond theme. Yes. Obviously directed towards the uh, agent himself. What does it matter to you? You, when you got a job to do, you got to do it well. You got to give the other fellow hell. Did James oh, yeah. Bond need that advice first of all? And secondly, what uh, what's the theme? Dave, I'm going to ring in here just because you. Well, you, thanks, you, Phil. 
gave me uh, some credit for knowing my Bond themes. Uh, this is also Live and Let That's Die. That's right. Yes, it is. Yeah. I hear the McCartney in there. Oh, I don't do it. The voice, but thanks. You don't, no. <laughs> but, I hear the, but again, the, what, the simple <laughs> rhyming lyrics that John Lennon would have pointed out. <laughs> but my question is like this did somebody need to tell Bond, hey, you got to give the other fella hell? Did he need that, that kind of pep talk? I don't think so. Uh huh. <clears throat> okay, here we go. Got a couple more. Are, are we doing for time? We good? We're quickly running out of time, are Dave, we? so What's let's up? wrap it up. What do we got here? Oh, oh, we are? Whoa, gee, what happened here? Okay, well, I'll give you the three one more, and then we'll move on here uh, to uh, this one here. Uh, where are you? When will we meet? Take my unfinished life and make it complete. Wow. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm not doing the melody, of course. Yeah, that's all right. I don't, uh, I'm not tracking on that one at all. Very uh, obscure. It's very obscure. Yeah. Although we've mentioned it today. Oh, we've mentioned it we've today. We've mentioned it uh, so let me guess, Dave. Let me take a stab at this one. Uh, with one of those, uh, this had to be like a senseless title, <laughs> Timothy Dalton feature, maybe even Pierce Brosnan. This Rosen, was uh, Dave. Moonraker. Ah, Moonraker. Moonraker. So as, as I've proven, the lyrics rarely have anything to do with the movie or making okay. sense. So we can move on. Thank you, well, for, thank thank you, thank you for indulging me. Thank you. Thank you, Sir Sean Connery, for joining us. Yes, thank you, Sir Sean. Dave, we have just a few minutes left. Uh, I think it's time to turn up the serious on this show. Okay. And we talk often about current comics and, of course, the top of the line, and it doesn't get any uh, more top of the line than Dave Chappelle. Mm -hmm. But his recent special uh, is <coughs> definitely causing some uh, controversy, the, the closer, Dave. it's called, and that uh, refers to his stature as a comic, and also this is his, this is his last uh, special, at least for a while. Yeah. So he claims, and uh, I've seen it. You've seen it, Dave? Mm -hmm. And uh, let me just uh, begin with a, a little piece from the uh, NPR review. NPR. Uh, and the message Chappelle has for those who have criticized him about transphobic, homophobic, or any other phobic joke seems to be race trumps all. The idea surfaces, Dave, where a lot of the controversy is coming. Uh, when he talks about the rapper DaBaby. Yep. And uh, who was pilloried uh, publicly for maybe making homophobic comments during a concert in July? I always prefer to be pilloried privately, but uh, I'm, yeah. I'm not really. Yeah. Uh, there's cameras everywhere, though. Maybe. <laughs> These days, yeah. Uh, Chappelle jokes that the baby punched the LGBTQ community right in the AIDS before recalling the 2018 incident where the rapper was involved in a fight inside a North Carolina Walmart where another person was shot and killed. And uh, I want to do this quote, Dave, and then we can uh, talk about it a little bit. What Chappelle said was, in this country, you can shoot and kill an N-word, mm. Chappelle says, but you better not hurt a gay person's feelings. Mm. And that's kind of, I think, Dave, at the heart of where the criticism has come. Mm -hmm. And just very quickly, there hasn't been a tremendous amount of support for him other than as a comic I think a lot of people have, have right, supported right, yeah. him uh -huh. but uh, this statement quickly from Netflix about the whole incident Dave their uh, CEO Ted Sarandos told staff that Dave Chappelle's comedy special The Closer does not cross the streaming services line on hate in an October 9th memo obtained by Variety he said quoting I recognize however 
that distinguishing between commentary and harm is hard, especially with stand-up comedy, which exists to push boundaries. Sarandos continued, Some people find the art of stand-up to be mean-spirited, but our members enjoy it, and it's an important part of our content offering. End quote. So, certainly uh, we can talk about it, Dave, from a freedom of speech aspect. We can talk about it from an artistic aspect. Uh, I'll just say I like Dave Chappelle very much. As a comic, he's top drawer. As a closer, uh, given the title, he's clearly earned the title. But I will say, having seen the show... I thought to myself, he's getting a little lazy. He's pointing out problems. He's not even trying to, to, to talk about solutions. Mm-hmm. He's pointing out low-hanging fruit and then swinging the big race club. I think there's some truth to that criticism. Mm. Oh, good. Now, does he still deliver great punchlines and command an audience like very few? Yes. But I'll make one last analogy, and I'll let let you wax on it a little bit, Dave. The great Lenny Bruce has no bigger fan than myself. I put myself through college, you know, learning philosophy, but also I discovered the records of Lenny Bruce. (laughs) And I love them. Which one did you more good? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, A little bit of both doesn't hurt. But when Lenny Bruce ran into his troubles, which were First Amendment kinds of problems, you know, scatological references on stage, swearing on stage in the late 50s, early 60s, and then started to be arrested for it, he got so deep into the weeds of his own legal cases that his last few shows were him standing on stage reading from a legal transcript. Mm -hmm. So I... I don't know why, but I saw that image when I was watching Dave Chappelle, and I thought, you know, you're litigating your personal problems in front of an audience. Mm -hmm. He's still funny, no question, but he's starting (coughs) to get a little bit too myopic. Okay. Your thoughts? I I get that. That's a good point. Um, First, I want to say, you know, he kind of did this a few times, and when he talks about the baby and you know he hurts if he hurts a gay person's feelings that carries more weight in this society than killing someone the the incident with the baby in the Walmart or whatever it was it, it was it was considered self-defense you know it was not a random shooting it wasn't a gang thing it wasn't anything like that so it's not really quite the same comparison I think if the baby had, laid in wait for someone and killed them and and yet was not punished for that yeah that would hold up so that doesn't quite fit his analogy there <clears throat> but my feeling is this and and i was thinking about this before i even knew i was going to watch the show i watched it because my brother my my son was in town and said let's watch this one i was thinking about political correctness and we've discussed it many times here in the time i've been here and the time i've been in tucson i have mulled over the issue of uh, political correctness and uh about five minutes ago. yeah and uh um, and I was, and I got to thinking. I go, you know what? Uh, everybody is going to be offended by something. Uh, me- not everything, but many things will offend somebody. I, I, <laughs> 
Comedians should have absolutely carte blanche, was my feeling, that they should be able to say anything because it is all part of exploring things. And if you don't like the comic or the performance, don't go. Don't turn it on. And, you know, like I, like I don't like Billie Eilish. I can't stand Billie Eilish. Musician. Yes. And, and sometimes I would see comments about her praising her. And I, would, and I admit I would comment. I would say something negative. I go, oh, you know. And then I thought, you know what? Those people love Billie Eilish. Why am I stepping in there? I don't like her. I just won't take part in that. I won't watch it. I won't, won't read her comments because it's not for me. You know, like, like I can't stand gospel music. And I was forced to attend a gospel concert one night. It was the longest night of my life. Uh, I don't go to gospel concerts and then come out and say, those songs, you know, forcing their religion on us, and it's all fantasy and, and things like that. It's minstrelry or something like that. I just, I don't go to gospel shows, you know. And I think that's just the thing. And I, I think, because I think comedy will really, if not die, get so restricted if we, if people have to be careful about that. To say, I say, let it fly. Whatever you want to say goes. If you're funny, great. And if you're not funny, people will let you know. Well, uh, but I see I, your point about the comparison to Lenny Bruce, and I thought about Lenny Bruce too. And uh, I think the difference with Lenny Bruce is he was strung out on heroin, so he wasn't making good choices on stage. That's not going to be a Dave Chappelle issue. He makes sense. He doesn't whine. He just says things in a way that is his point of view, and they bother people. But you know what? Then don't listen to him. And I'm with you on the points you made. I think they're good points. However, I'm a big fan of Dave Chappelle, and I'm hoping for more. It's. I often had these thoughts about George Carlin. Mm -hmm. When George Carlin reached some heights that, that no one reached, and uh, insight and social criticism, and then there was later in his career... He did something that so offended me uh, that I talk about it from time to time, but in the middle of his act, he looked at his watch. <laughs> and I'm thinking to myself, you know, I wasn't looking for fat Elvis is what I'm saying. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, what I loved about Elvis was his innovation, not his ability to go through the motions later in his career, you know, yeah. in an extra wide jumpsuit. And I'm... I want more from Chappelle. I want, I'm putting Chappelle up there as a social critic, a hilarious one, with people like Jon Stewart, for example. Mm -hmm. And Jon Stewart, to me, does the funny, does the poignant, and takes it to the next step and thinks about a solution or, you know, uh, speculates about a solution. I, I, I just thought it was a one note over and over again, and okay, and then he went back and... and always had, you know, race sitting there for him mm. as a, an exit well, ramp. Well, to defend Carlin, and as somebody who has seen many audience members look at their watch, um, you know, <laughs> you don't know if he was like, uh, I, I, this bit's been running long, you know, did I, am I, did I shorten, you know, it might have been some technical thing, it might not, have, he might not have been bored or looking to get off stage, I don't know, I, I can't say that, but I'll say that no comic, nobody does what Chappelle does, he is by himself there. And that John Stewart, you can, there's a good comparison there, but John Stewart, he doesn't make anybody uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. And Chappelle does. And I've been reading a lot about this, and I've been reading, especially having to do with improv, it's like, there, there seems to be an awful lot of emphasis on the audi audiences being comfortable. And that's not what 
much of art is about, and that's not really what a lot of comedy is about, is making them comfortable. A lot of times it's making them uncomfortable. Uh, and um, I just think anything goes. And uh, Yeah, and I wasn't I mean, uncomfortable. Yeah. I just wanted more. And I thought, I thought he took an easy exit ramp. Yeah. Well, I that's mean, all. the people that are uncomfortable are the people who are criticizing him, and that's really he was, you know, firing back at them and just kind of saying, like... But I'm making the point, Dave, that I wasn't uncomfortable at his criticisms of <clears throat> the LGBT community. I can take a joke, and I get the, that on stage is not, you know, a seminar on, you know, You're women's rights. You're not speaking rights. for the LGBT yeah. community. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, great to get your thoughts. Yeah, it's good. To I see. highly recommend the special. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. And I, and I'll just say one more thing quickly. It's like it's like uh, Chappelle. You know, they talk about like, well, where you know, like to me, it was like I don't know if I could quote any jokes from it because it wasn't joke laden. He just, I, I, it's not a fair comparison to Josiah Osigo, but I've introduced you know Josiah. Sure. And I've introduced him, and I said Josiah is great because he just keeps telling the truth until it gets funny. And that's what I think Chappelle does or aims to do. And nobody else really does that, you know. And, uh, Fair yeah. enough, anyway, We probably have more Fair discussions enough. about anyway, this. Anyway. It's worth, worth seeing for sure. Yeah. And what is also worth seeing is uh, everyone else on the show Friday night, the 15th, 9 p.m. at the Tucson Improv Movement right here off of 4th Street. Right. Dave and I both on the show. But good news is there's others on the show. <laughs> <laughs> so you won't waste your money. <laughs> And See that. Dave and I out there. We're going to have a great time. We hope you can make it. And, and uh, just quickly, we like to have an interview guest when we can. We couldn't get one tonight, but in two weeks we'll have Kenny Scheid coming. That's to right, talk Kenny Scheid. Well. He's going to do a special and we've got benefit a great, show. Uh, newish comic Nick, who we both saw at Tucson Improv Movie. Yes. She's going to be here after Thanksgiving. She's great. And and let me just say, one of the very strong women coming on the scene here in Tucson. Are you, are you fading me out, Phil? <laughs> I am getting ready to, Dave. Okay. We'll leave it with Nick, then. Uh, Good night, everyone. Say, <laughs> and we used to say at UIC, Dave, at the radio broadcasting